Thank you for dropping in to hear this week's message, Out of Options, where Trey is teaching on the truth that salvation doesn't come with options. True salvation is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. It doesn't matter how dirty sin has made us. We need only to reach out in faith to Jesus to receive cleansing and healing. We pray that the Spirit speaks to your heart as you listen. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and flip them open to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5 is where I believe God has a message for us tonight. And as you're flipping there, I'm just going to talk to you for a few moments about a few things. And, and if you haven't noticed, we, we live in a world of options. And no matter what you think of, it more than likely comes with multiple options. I mean, if you get hungry, you can go get Italian food. You can go get Chinese food, you can go get Mexican food, you can get Greek food, American food, Japanese food, Thai food, Indian food. I mean, any kind of food that you want to fulfill your appetite, you can go and find it somewhere. If you get thirsty, you want something to drink, you can drink water, you can go get sweet tea, you can get unsweet tea, you can get hot tea, you can get herbal tea, you can get green tea, you can get coffee, you can get soda. I mean, have you ever been to one of these fast food restaurants that's got the Coke machine, right? And you get to pick what flavor you want. And you know, you have like these fights breaking out in fast food restaurants because Cuz is standing at the Coke machine and it takes him 12 minutes to figure out what flavor drink that he wants because there's multiple, multiple, multiple options that you can have. I'm a Mountain Dew freak. I love Mountain Dew. So I did some research just because I was curious to know, over time, over history, how many variations of Mountain Dew have there been created? And you want to know what that number is? Probably nothing like what you think it is. 109 variations of Mountain Dew ever since its existence has been on the face of this earth. Options. You have options. If you want to drive a car, uh, you can go find a car. You can find a truck. You can find an SUV. You can drive something electric if you want to, and I don't know why you would ever want to do that, but you have that option. You can get a Hyundai, a Chevy, a Ford, a Dodge, a Mercedes, a Nissan, a GMC, BMW, Tesla, Volkswagen, Chrysler, Toyota, Honda, Jeep, Lexus. The list goes on and on and on. Everybody in here more than likely has a pair of shoes on. Options. You can get them Nikes. You can get them Reeboks, Adidas, New Balance, Vans, Crocs, Timberlands, Merrells, Sperry's, high or low, boots or tennies, sneakers or sandals. you got options of what shoes you want to wear. Career. Don't even get me started on this one with a group of college students. Man, you can be a doctor or a dentist. You can be a nurse or an electrician. You can be a plumber or a teacher, a coach or a counselor, a waiter or a banker. The list goes on and on and on. Man, you've even got options when it comes to religion. There's Christianity, there's Buddhism, there's Hinduism, there's animism, there's Muslim. The point is there are seemingly endless options that come with almost anything that you can imagine. So as we come to our text for tonight in Mark 5, I want to just set this up for you. Jesus has been ministering in and around the area of Galilee when he and his disciples jump into a boat to go across the sea to the other side to minister there. And on the way there, Jesus calms a storm, and upon arrival, he heals a man that has been possessed by demons. And when that happens, it scares the people so bad on that side of the sea. It freaks them out so bad that they beg Jesus to leave. So Jesus and his disciples get back in the boat, and they go back across the sea to the side where they had just 
came from. And when they get there, a crowd gathers. And a man named Jairus comes seeking Jesus' help because his daughter is sick and dying. But there was someone else in that crowd that day that needed help also. And so we pick up the story in verse 24. It says, And he went with him, talking about Jesus and Jairus. He went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. My title for tonight's message is simply this, Out of Options. Out of Options. As Jesus was walking with Jairus on this particular day on his way to help his daughter, he was about to encounter a woman who had run out of options. The scriptures tell us that this woman had an incurable disease that caused her to bleed regularly and without any control whatsoever. So let me explain this to you just a little bit in case you don't understand what this woman was suffering from. She was basically on her cycle for 12 years. And I know you guys will never understand that in the way that these women do. But just imagine, ladies... She was on her cycle for 12 years. It was literally, it was her time of the month for 144 straight months. Just imagine that. Just imagine the physical pain. Just imagine the discomfort. Just imagine the cramps that she experienced every single day. Not to mention the fact that she had probably bled so much at this point in her life she had become anemic on top of that. And can you only even begin to imagine the hindrance that it was just to her daily life? Twelve years she had suffered with this disease, but perhaps what made it even worse is that according to Old Testament law, she would have been considered ceremonially unclean. So in other words, she would not have been permitted to enter into the temple to worship. And then on top of that, any time that she made a public appearance, she would have had to have made everyone around her aware of the fact that she was unclean. Why would she have to do that? Because according to Old Testament law, if she was to come in contact with anybody else, they too would become ceremonially unclean. So imagine every time this woman goes out into public, she has no physical contact with anybody. For 12 years, more than likely, this woman had never experienced a hug. For 12 years, more than likely, this woman had never experienced somebody coming up to her and putting their arm around her. For 12 years, this woman was not allowed to have physical contact with anybody in any way, shape, or form. And if somebody was to walk up to her and try to give her a hug, she would have to say to them, unclean, unclean. Imagine the embarrassment and the shame. Something that you try to keep as a private issue has to be broadcast and displayed publicly just because somebody 
tries to welcome you or give you a hug because they haven't seen you in a while. Unclean, unclean, unclean for 12 years. She had been to doctor after doctor after doctor and had spent every penny that she had to find a cure, to find help. And yet doctor after doctor after doctor could not do a single thing to help this woman. The scripture says, as a matter of fact, that her condition only began to get worse. But when she heard that Jesus was coming back, she thought, maybe he can help me. Maybe Jesus, maybe he can help me. Verse 27. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So this woman joins the crowd. Jesus has come back to her side of town and word has spread and Jairus has walked up because he's got a daughter that's dying. And this massive crowd has begun to form around Jesus. And this woman joins in on that crowd trying to, to get to Jesus. And, and the crowd is pressing around and following him. And she's right in there in the middle of it. And I think that she really began to realize that, you know, it's very unlikely that I will be able to actually get Jesus' personal attention. So she gets this idea of, I'll just try to touch him. I'll just try to touch him. And so she's fighting her way through the crowd toward Jesus thinking, if I can just touch his garment, if I can just grab a hold of a piece of his clothing, I can be healed. And you know, you have to admire her attitude. You have to admire her attitude because she wasn't going to let anything or anybody stop her from getting to the Savior. And she could have made excuses. She could have made any number of excuses to not pursue Jesus, to not try to get to Him. She could have convinced herself to not take it to that point. And I have to imagine that that's exactly what Satan would have wanted her to do. To get those thoughts in her mind of, I'm too insignificant for him to care for someone like me. I mean, look, he's with Jairus. Jairus was one of the temple leaders. He was one of the synagogue leaders. Look, he's with Jairus. He's way more important than somebody like me. This, the scriptures don't even give us this woman's name. And so she could have said, you know what, I'm just not going to bother because I'm way too insignificant for Jesus to care about somebody like me. And on top of that, he's with somebody else, so I, you know, I don't want to bother him. He's a busy man. He does a lot of things for a lot of people, so I'll just kind of slink back and just deal with it. I've dealt with it for 12 years. I can keep dealing with it for a little bit longer. Or maybe she thought this, I'm too dirty for him to touch. Or maybe she thought he probably can't help anyway. Nobody else has been able to. <laughs> I've tried. Option after option after option, and nobody has been able to help me whatsoever, so why should he? She could have came up with any number of excuse to talk herself out of going to Jesus, but she pushed every single bit of that aside, and she came by faith, and she reached out, and she grabbed his garment. And God's word says that immediately, not a couple of days later, not a week or two later, immediately her discharge dried and her hemorrhaging 
halted. Verse 30. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She touches Jesus and immediately he realizes it. The scripture says perceiving power had gone out from him. Jesus realized that someone had touched him because when faith touches Jesus, power flows from Jesus. And he stops and asks, who touched me? Who touched me? And his disciples found that to be a rather absurd question. Because you have to remember, there's multitudes of people around him at this point. <laughs> and the scriptures doesn't give a number, but you have to guess. It's in the hundreds of people that are crowded around Jesus. And they're leaving him in Jairus, just barely enough room to put one foot in front of the other. So undoubtedly, people had bumped into him way before this moment when he turns around and he says, Who touched me? And he says, Who touched me? And his disciples say, Lord? Are you serious? There's hundreds of people out here. There's been somebody touching you ever since we got off the boat. Why now all of a sudden do you ask, who touched me? Like we're supposed to know who hasn't touched him in this crowd. But the difference was someone with faith had reached out and touched him. And when someone with faith and trust reaches out and touches Jesus, his power pours out, his love extends, and his healing is given. In verse 24, it says that the crowd thronged about him. In other words, they crowded in around him. They pushed in towards him. They thronged about him. But this woman trusted in him. There's a big difference there. There's a big difference to being a part of the crowd that throngs around Jesus and presses towards him, but never actually reaches out and touches him. And so Jesus says, who touched me? And this woman can't deny, she's not going to try to hide the fact that it was her. Why? Because she knew what had happened. She felt within her body that she had been healed of her disease. And so she comes forward crawling on her hands and knees in front of the Savior, in awe of his great power to heal her. God's word, when it says fear and trembling, it literally means fear and trembling. This woman was crawling on her hands and knees, going up to the saviors to tell him, it was me. I touched you. And part of it was because she was in such great awe of his power to heal her. But part of her fear and part of her trembling was also because she knew that by touching him, she had technically made him ceremonially unclean. 
But can I tell you that the beauty of our Savior is this? It doesn't matter how filthy you are when you come to Him. When you reach out and touch Him, you don't make Him dirty. He makes you clean. And He looks down at her. And I'll be honest with you guys. I've probably cried like a baby six times in my office today because of this one word. He looks down at her and he says, Daughter, do you understand what that means? Do you understand the significance of that? He says, Daughter. So in other words, she's part of the family now. daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease this woman for 12 years had never experienced the touch of anybody without having to tell them unclean 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 she never once got to go into the temple for 12 years because she was constantly ceremonially unclean and prohibited from attending in public and corporate worship and after one touch of faith of the Savior's garment, he looks down at her. And instead of rebuking her for touching him and her filth, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And I know you're thinking, well, what a beautiful story for this woman. But it's not just her. It's not just her. The story has a personal touch to it as well because if we rewind back to the start, just as this woman carried an incurable disease, we also have been infected with an incurable disease called sin. And whether you realize it or not, it's bleeding you out. You are hemorrhaging without being able to do anything to stop it. And just like the woman going to doctor after doctor after doctor to find help, so often we turn to the things of the world to try and fulfill and satisfy the emptiness and the void that we have inside. But no matter what you try to fill the void with, I don't care, relationships, religion, career, achievement, possessions, status, your disease is never going to be healed and your bleeding will only continue to get worse. But then here comes Jesus back in the boat. And you might be like this woman. And you are literally out of options. Nothing else in this world has worked out for you. Everything utterly falls short when it comes down to it and you examine it. It utterly falls short to fulfill or to satisfy this desire and this need that you have within you. But you've heard the stories, right? You've heard the stories about Jesus' power to heal, about how he went to a cross. About how he went to a cross. 
And He discharged His own blood so that you can keep yours. And so maybe tonight you decide, I'm going to reach out by faith and trust that He alone can heal me of my sin disease. But it's going to take you reaching out in faith and trusting that the work that He did for you is sufficient. And see, here's the thing. Just like that woman could have made any excuse to talk herself out of going to Jesus, the same thing will happen tonight. If you've never given your life to Christ, the enemy will creep into your mind and he'll start playing the same mind games with you. He'll give you every excuse to not come. I'm too insignificant for him to care about someone like me. I don't need to bother him. He's got other things going on. There's other people more important. Why should I bother Jesus with my petty, insignificant problems? Or maybe you think I'm too dirty to be cleansed, too broken to be healed. But remember, you don't make Jesus dirty. He makes you clean. And so I would beg you to push aside whatever excuses might come to mind. And just come. Just come to Jesus. Listen to me very closely. There are no other options for salvation. There's only Jesus. In John 14, chapter 6, he makes that very clear. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There are no other options for us, guys. Our incurable disease of sin only gets healed by reaching out in faith and grabbing a hold of Jesus. And don't let the enemy put those excuses in your mind because the moment that you reach out and touch him by faith, his power comes. His healing comes. His love comes. His forgiveness comes. His cleansing comes. His grace comes. His mercy comes. His salvation comes immediately. Just like the woman was healed of her disease. When you reach out and grab a hold of Jesus, salvation doesn't happen in a few days or in a few hours or in a few weeks or in a few months. It happens immediately. Immediately, your discharge, your disease of sin is dried up. Your hemorrhaging is halted, and your disease is forever finished. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he meant it's finished in your life when you accept me. No more bleeding. No more hurting. No more pain. No more discomfort. No more walking outside and having to say, unclean, unclean. as he turns to look at you, bowing down before him. <laughs> you will be feared with fear and trembling, just like this woman. Because fear is ultimately the highway that leads to faith. And when you understand that this work that God has done for you, you understand how magnificent and how glorious that he is, you can't help but bow down and shake a little bit. you right in your eyes just like he did this woman and you might be scared you might be trembling but then you'll hear these words you hear these words 
daughter. Son. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And be healed of your disease. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. What a beautiful picture of the love that Jesus has for us. And what a comfort to know that we can come to him dirty and leave cleansed. We challenge you to share that beautiful message with someone this week. As you shine the light of Christ in a dark world.